What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Larson. Joining me as he does each and every episode, the one, the only, a true South Beach native, because I'm sure he's wearing a heat jersey listening to this podcast, or I'm sorry, recording this podcast, Jonathan Ryder. Johnny, how you doing today, boss? Oh, boss, I am doing outstanding, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you, man. <laughs> I am literally on, I have my Dolphins pants. And I got a good old Army PT shirt because they're so comfy. So I tell you, man, you're—I'll say this—you're one of the few guys that I'll give credit to who is who are keeping jerseys alive. Oh, dude, you have to. So, like, especially football jerseys. Like, I know basketball jerseys and even soccer jerseys have gotten kind of common to me recently. But the football jersey, you don't see too much. But you, I know, you're always willing to rock a good football jersey. That's right. You so. know I got my army jersey. Oh yeah. Go West Point. Oh yeah. Golden Knights. Oh yeah. That was the one. That was the infamous or that not even infamous. <laughs> that was the famous one for sure. <laughs> that was the famous one for sure. Boss, we're continuing right along with our our series of going through the teams today, but before we get into that, we have the business to take care of. We got some shout outs to get to. No, absolutely. 214-301-561. 920-336-786-954-305, and of course, that 757, we salute you. Absolutely, absolutely salute. Oh, one more shout out. Cookout is coming to Northern Virginia, boss. Oh, wow. I had no idea where you were going with this last one, yeah. so I just had to lay out for a second, but... Even though it's half an hour away, Manassas, <laughs> you know I'm coming down yeah. for my big double tray and my chocolate chip cheesecake shake. So thank you, Cookout. God, I tell you, boss, we're, right now we're recording this at 9.15 at night. I might end up sliding through Cookout sometime tonight, maybe after we finish recording this. And cause... they close so late, which is the best thing ever. Oh, I mean, like literally 4.30 in the morning, or like 3.30 in the morning, if, you, if you're still hungry for some reason. You can go through and you can get you a cookout tray. And this is why we shout out the Sam Five. Yeah, yeah, honestly, because they put us on to good stuff like that. Um, you're welcome, by the way, for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we're getting to it. Like we said, we've been doing our reviews, uh, kind of off-season reviews, I guess. We did the NFC the past couple of weeks. Moving on to the AFC and Johnny, the division that probably set off the most fireworks this offseason, without a doubt, had to be the AFC West. We're going to start right there. The team that ended up making the first move, which we thought was going to be the huge splash, but ended up just being, you know, one of many. We're starting with the Denver Broncos, boss, a team you've been higher on than me. So why don't you go ahead and start off with them? I'll lay out real quick. Yeah, boss. I mean... They signed Randy Gregory, oh, yeah. right? Five-year, $70 million deal. Mm. But, of course, what everybody wants to talk about is the Russell Wilson trade. You know, they, they lose um, Drew Locke in that trade. Yep. Uh, Noah Fenton, Shelby Harris. But all of a sudden, the Broncos became a team with a good roster without a quarterback to a good roster with a really good quarterback and I'm really high on them. And I know we're going to talk about the other teams in this division, which it blows my mind that 
a team can make a move for a franchise quarterback in this league who at the lowest level is a top 12 guy. Yep. But maybe they they don't even really move the needle because yeah. of the firepower in this in this division. But look, about the Denver Broncos, okay? I like Patrick Sertain. I I, lo- I love Justin Simmons. Yes, I used do. to love Josie Jewell, the, the linebacker out of Iowa. A guy that a lot of people didn't like him because he was an overachiever with a lack of athleticism. Nick Chubb. Gregory got hurt in the second game last season, so he's going to be coming he's off. He's back. Yep, yep. Jones, and then on the offensive side, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sun, Jerry Judy has the perfect opportunity here. Not sure with the off the field issues, but yeah. let's be honest, this guy was over talented in college, um, and the offensive line is solid, yeah. right? Bose Dalt Risner was a hit for them. Cushion Berry has been a hit. Glasgow, right tackle. I think they have Trey Turner over there. Bill, Look, yeah, man. Billy Turner from from Billy uh, Turner, Green Bay. former Miami Dolphin, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then of course Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Mm. Like this is a really good roster. Yeah. And then you add Russell Wilson. I mean, God, that's to me that's what they're all missing. Yeah, and I think, honestly, you know, boss, you you really hit it on the head of just overall how good this team can be. You know, you talked about this truly was, you know, I'm not going to say a great roster, but this is a very complete football team that was, like you said, missing a really good quarterback. And now they added that. And I think, to me, a guy who I'm going to be who I'm going to be eyeing for them for the entire season because I think he's going to end up being the bellwether defensively is Bradley Chubb, right? I know they paid I know they paid Nick? Randy Gregory all oh, no, that money. What was that? I'm I'm over here confusing first names. Uh. Bradley, <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh I'm over yeah, I'm thinking Bradley Chubb is going to be the key for them. Uh missed you know only played what was it? I think like 6 or 7 games last season. Had I don't even remember what injury, but had some sort of leg injury if I'm not mistaken is going to have to be that consistent pass rusher cuz for a guy for as a guy who rooted for Randy Gregory for a while, I'll be honest, love the guy to death but just is not consistently on the field, can't count on for 17 games. And we know in this league if you're going to be a true consistent team, you're going to be a real playoff team, especially in the AFC, you're going to need to get a consistent pass rush. So, I think Bradley Chubb is going to is going to um you know, play a big part of that. Another guy that they signed DJ Jones um, yes. From San Francisco, who was a six-round pick over there, they got on a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. He was really good for San Francisco. He's going to help solidify their front as well. <clears throat> you know, offensively, <clears throat> it's interesting with Judy, right? Because we felt like the first two years. I mean, considering what these star receivers have done that are just coming into the league, especially the past couple years. Let's be honest. We can say Judy's kind of underachieved. Um, and part of that's Completely. been part of that's been the situation, but also his rookie year, he was very inconsistent with drops, especially in the first you know six weeks or so of his rookie season. So, gonna be keeping an eye on him. A lot of the other guys though that you mentioned offensively just love the talent. Javante Williams, I kind of hate that they brought Melvin Gordon back, honestly, because I thought Williams could do more than enough by himself uh, as the lead back. Tim Patrick, kind of a guy who I've sneaky always liked on their on their team, yep. and then 
Cortland Sutton. Like, it kind of feels like Denver is like a mini Pittsburgh in the sense that they just have a bunch of these athletic receivers, these bigger guys who can kind of shift inside and out who are matchup nightmares. And now with a quarterback that can exploit those, uh, you know, I feel like I'm kind of doing a 180 on the fly about Denver, boss. They were a 7-10 and 10 team last year. I'm going to go ahead and kick us off today by saying I think Denver's going to be a significantly better team than they were last year. I'm right there with you. I really think they're going to hit double-digit wins this season. And the only reason I'm not more optimistic about their record and saying 12-13 wins, it's because this, this division. freaking division. Yeah. I mean, not even just the division, the conference as a whole, right? Yes. You know, AFC, you go through... And, you know, when we're talking about these teams, really, let's be honest, you're talking quarterbacks. Um, yes. And, and most of the best quarterbacks, and it's not to the extremes I think that some people make it seem, but majority of the best quarterbacks are definitely in the AFC. It's just undebatable. So going to be going to be a long year for these AFC teams. So, sorry for you, boss. Sorry for you. Um, hopefully or thankfully, though, your division only has one really good one. Fact. Unfortunately, it's not your guy, though. Sorry. Sorry. I, sh- I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, next guy, Next team. Sorry. Next team we're moving on to. AFC West, we're sticking with it. Los Angeles Chargers, 9-8 and eight in 2021. Missed the playoffs on that crazy Sunday night finish between them and Vegas. What a and, game. And, and Yeah, I know. Game of the season. And, and honestly, it was just a precursor to what the rest of the playoffs were going to end up bringing. Because, I mean, you know me, boss. I'm a, And this is a quick side tangent, but I'm a huge NBA fan. These NBA playoffs been very disappointing, I would say. You know, there's no way around it. Just too many blowouts, not a lot of close games. It makes you go back and look at the NFL playoffs and appreciate, man, Literally, for the last three rounds, every single game was a one-score game. Yes. Came down, and like 90% of them came down to the very last drive. There are some comebacks in there. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. So, uh, making me making me miss football a little bit, man. Making mm. me miss football a little bit. We only got a couple more months, though, so we're good. We're good. Um, but back to the Chargers. They said, screw all that. We're making sure we don't have to care about Week 17 next year. We're getting some reinforcements. Khalil Mack they traded for, uh, which is a trade that I told that I called they should have been making in what December, January. Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, you uh, called it in December. Yeah, and that one ended up coming true. So appreciate that one. J.C. Jackson they got on a five-year, eighty million dollar deal. A, a, a solid lockdown number one man-to-man corner. And another underrated signing, I think, is Sebastian Joseph Day, right, who they got on a three-year, $24 million deal, played under Brandon Staley while he was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, understands how to work his two-gap or gap-and-a-half type of system that they like to play in their 3-4 defense, you know, when they're in their base. And it's going to be a guy who I think is going to be able to provide some support in the run defense for them, which was one of the big one of if not the biggest Achilles heel for this team in 2021. Yeah, no no doubt, boss. Um have you ever seen the movie The Patriot? The Patriot. Yes, with Mel Gibson. No, I actually haven't. And that's uh, probably I'm probably going to get shit from anyone that's hearing this hearing me say that, but I'm sorry. I haven't seen well, it. Well, I'm going to try to describe this make make this an analogy of the Los Angeles Chargers, right? Okay. Like 
they send the militia in, right? Mm. Against the British army. And yep. the British army is whooping that ass. So they bring the real, the regulars to reinforce. And mm. they beat that oh, British okay. ass. And I'm I think you. this is what the Chargers is. <laughs> right? I'm there are a few question marks. Oh, absolutely. All right? Linebacker is one of them. Mm. Linebacker. When, uh, whenever you sign Kyle Van Noy to fill a hole, then, yeah, that position is still a problem. And we talked about guys that haven't performed to the expectations. Mm. Jerry Judy, Kenneth Murray is the yes. guy here. Absolutely. Right? We thought he was going to be a lockdown linebacker, three downs, and he's been a huge disappointment. PFF Ke- rated him 83 out of 87 linebackers. Go ahead, boss. I was going to say, Kenneth Murray is the best thing to ever happen to Patrick Queen. But uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fact, because we actually think Patrick Queen is a good linebacker because we stack them up against each other from that draft. Trey Pipkins at right tackle, mm. a little bit of a concern, but when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, like who gives a damn? Like, yeah, who gives a damn? And and also to 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 kind of you know I think right tackle right obviously. The name everyone is thinking about is Storm Norton, right, who they had yep. going um, against Max Crosby in, in Week 18, uh, who's probably still seeing nightmares about it. I think they have a couple of options, though, right? They, mm-hmm. they drafted Zion Johnson, obviously 17th overall. There's a chance that they could be able to kick him possibly out to I tackle. disagree. There's I don't also, think he can. Right. Well, most likely not, but there's also okay. a chance that they could move Matt Filer, who played right tackle in Pittsburgh, Move him from left mm-hmm. guard over to right tackle. Um, so there are just a bunch of different, you know, configurations that they could put together. But I, I think the problem for them is they need to stop relying so much on just their five-man offensive line, which brings me to another guy that I like that they picked up in the draft, which is Isaiah Spiller, a fourth-round mm. pick that I've talked about previously. He can help in blitz protection and pass protection for them immediately which I think is going to be the reason why he get, ends up getting on the field a lot quicker than maybe some of these other day three or day two rookie running backs that guys are talking about as, you know, oh, James Cook or, or Kenneth Walker or all these other guys, Amir White, Brian Robinson. Like, all these guys are, are also going to get on the field, but I think Spiller brings that consistent pass blocking that will help him get on the field early and often and win a coach's trust and his quarterback's trust. No, I definitely agree. I have all the running backs. It was very complete, especially on that pass pro. Yeah. Um, and this is the one thing that I want to see from the Chargers. It's growth in the coaching. Mm. All right. right? Staley we, year two. We all thought it was super cute. I mean, we loved it. I loved it. When they, they really stuck it to the Chiefs in the beginning of the season, going on fourth down. I mean, but at some point... That some of the stuff is going to bite you on the behind. Including against the Raiders game, going on fourth down within your own 30. That's crazy, bro. Learn, evolve, make better decisions. There's nothing wrong with being risky. But sometimes you got to tone it down a bit. Yeah, and I, you know, the funny thing is, I think with, with Staley, when he makes those decisions, oftentimes it's not... I mean, obviously, analytics plays a part in it, but it's like when when it's just one part of the decision-making, I don't feel like we should just put all the blame on that. 
or even on the risk taking. I think mm-hmm. it's that truly in his heart he wants to just show his team that he backs them. Like that he supports his team and he's like, I know we can get these two yards or I know we can get, you know, this yard and a half no matter where we are. Which, look, obviously if you're playing for him, that's got to feel great. But, you know, that means you got to make those 100% of the time, which we know is impossible. So that year two kind of fill, fill out the – the balance between backing your team but also playing smart football. And, yeah, uh, be- because the thing is, if you don't get it, right, if you go for these ultra-risky moves, mm. it's just detrimental for your te- football team down the road. Yeah. Right? No. Because maybe you can be at a more safe position if you punt the ball, but if you give the ball to your opponent, you give your opponent an extra uh, possession in your field, that doesn't do you any favors. Absolutely You're just not. giving the other team free points. Yep. yep. It's just yep. a little bit better. We, we love we love the aggressiveness. Mm. Um, I didn't have a problem with the timeout uh, in, in that Raiders game. I, I don't. Same. I really didn't think that was a, a coaching error. A lot of people got on him for that. Um, but right now, Chad, as loaded as this offense, I mean, this division is, and this offense. <laughs> I give them 11 games. Mm. They're good. Wow. They're really good. I couldn't quite get there on 11. I'm saying they're going to be probably similar. I'm thinking 9 or 10. Okay. Um, I think they're going to be a better team, but kind of like we said, it's just overall, it's just a harder – these games are just going to be harder. So Yeah. Uh, brings us to kind of the next team that we're going to talk about, another team in this division that – Got way better, or not way better, but definitely added key pieces, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, you add, at worst, a top three receiver in Devontae Adams on a five-year, $140 million deal. You add Chandler Jones, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, on a three-year, $51 million deal as well. Um, You know, you do lose Solomon Thomas. You lose Casey Hayward, who I thought was really good, was probably probably their, their best defensive back um Mm -hmm. from start to finish i know they had um what was the other kid that came on for them at the end of the year nate hobbs yeah 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 in the slot he uh he came on really well for them towards the middle and middle and back half of the season but i thought hayward start to finish was probably a little bit better boss i'm gonna start off by saying um i'm just giving my pick i think this team is gonna end up being slightly worse um eight probably could see him sneak up to nine but uh you know it's kind of it, it's kind of that weird part right where you got to balance out these divisions where it's you can't just say over on all four teams because that's just not realistic most likely mm-hmm. um and if it is then all four teams are going to probably increase by one win at the most yep but uh for vegas i'm thinking nine maybe eight i do like the moves a lot but i just think the overall you know one to 52 is going to be a lot more important in these divisions because the games are going to be decided at the end of the season you know with those end of the season division games and i think by then that's usually we've seen vegas do it a couple times before where they faded kind of that back half of the season last year i was surprised they didn't but uh, i think that trend will unfortunately continue for them next season and going forward and not even like it's their fault just you know such a gauntlet that we've talked about kind of throughout this entire offseason comandante <laughs> this is when i know that we suck at doing a podcast together Uh oh. but we're truly similar 
Because I'm right there with you. I felt there was a lot of turmoil mm. in, in the Raiders organization last year. The whole Gruden thing. The whole, um, God, I already forgot his name. Rich was never put... No, 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 oh. no. Henry Ruggs. Ruggs, Ruggs. You know, and, and then Carr kind of just pulled that team together. Mm. Um, Darren Waller was out for a, you know, a good chunk of oh, the yeah. season. And they they exceeded expectations. And when a team exceeds expectation in one season, I believe that they kind of fall back to earth in the following season. Absolutely. And I think this is what the Raiders are going to go through. Have you ever heard that um, when teams, you know, usually win or they get a good record on one possession games one year, the following year they're going to go, go back down because yep. the, the same bounces are not going to go the same way. Yeah. And this is how I feel about this Same team. Same it, thing as like turnover margin as well. It's just, you know, over the course of time, it's these, gonna mar- catch up. these margins are so thin that they just balance out. Because this is what I'm looking at, boss. What do you have at safety, right? I like Mori. Yep. But this is it. Trayvon Mullen and Rocky Asin. That's what you're looking at on the outside. Your offensive line. Trayvon Mullen, by the way, who we already know is a bust. Is a bust. (laughs) So go ahead. You got Cole Miller, and that's it. Because everybody else is garbage on that offensive line. Yep. And that's the part that I just couldn't get behind was the offensive line was just too bad. You know, as much as I like all the weapons, I just think the offensive line is is just not good enough. They're going to need Leatherwood to take a step, which I know anyone listening is probably any Raiders fan listening is probably laughing because of how bad he was last year. But look him, I mean, hell, I Dylan Parham, the third round pick that they drafted, um, you know, who's a guard as well. They're going to need a, at least a second guy just to be able to be like a solidifier on the offensive line. Cause right now they really, like you said, they have Colton Miller and then really nothing else. Nothing because Denzel good is just as bad. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so Leatherwood horrible. I mean, Andre James was. Ugh. Ugh. Brandon Parker, like this is just bad. Uh, Josh Jacobs is playing for money, so, answer, so he's going to be running hard. Go ahead. Answer boss. me this. I'm glad you said that. Why? Why did they decline the fifth year option on Jacobs? Why are they a running back, boss? Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a smart decision on my part. Yeah, I guess to me, if you're making. If you're if you, at that point you're going to be paying Adams a shit ton of money, Carr a shit ton of money, and Crosby a shit ton of money. Why are you going to be paying Jacobs then, a shit ton of money? Yeah, I was going to say then you really can't afford to spend. Let me ask you a question. How do you think the Chargers feel about not paying Melvin Gordon? Probably pretty good. How about how do the Carolina Panthers feel about paying all that money to CMC? Probably not great. I would assume. Same thing with Zeke, right? With these running yeah. backs, you got to give them good deals, not great deals. You need to give them Nick Chubb deals, you Joe Mixon deals. Yeah. All right? Yep. And Jacobs probably wants a big payday, which is fine. It's well over his right. He's going to have to run hard, but guess what? I don't think Jacobs is necessarily a needle mover. I think he's a very tough runner, but if you look at his – uh, like yards per carry, it's not that impressive. No, so, not at all. Yeah, he's a body blow type of back. And that's a guy that you definitely don't want to pay. Yeah. So It's just really not even a back that exists in 2022. 
Well, it exists for the Raiders because that's how Gruden wanted to play because he was right. playing True. an office from a decade ago. So yeah, and I can't, and I'm not even knocking what they were doing because honestly, I mean, it worked. It they had worked. One of the, they had one of the most fun offenses to me to watch in the entire league last year. Well, um, let's be real, right? It, it's it's a nine win season here at best, kind of. Yeah, most likely, most likely, and and that can kind of conclude the Raiders because I want to spend a little bit of time um, before we go to break talking about this next team because mm. this is. I mean, this, I think, is a huge year for Kansas City, right? This is the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid 2.0 era kind of beginning, right? Without the Tyreek Hill, you know, you rebuild this this team a little bit. The offensive line got rebuilt last year. Um, This year they added Juju Smith-Schuster, who I really like, on a one-year, I think, $3.5 million deal. Ronald Jones, one-year, $2 million. Justin Reid, they shelled out some money for $31 million over three years. Valdez Scantling, $30 million over three years. Uh, that's going to be their new speed, their deep threat guy. And then in the draft, you know I love what they did there. Trent McDuffie, mm-hmm. 21st. George Karloftis, 30th. Uh, Sky Moore, the receiver, 54th. So just a lot of – I mean, I think those are three guys who are going to come in and, and be immediate impact. Maybe not all three immediate starters, but I think those are going to be three guys who are going to be have huge impacts for Kansas City basically from week one. So what what are you seeing with this team? They were twelve and five last year. Um, not asking, not not saying you need to make their, your prediction right now. But what are you seeing for Kansas City next year, boss? I see a lot of change. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. You still have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I think that this is the year they're really gonna rely on him. Yeah. I think there are going to be way more games that are on his shoulders and that are going to be tougher to win where they're not going to be blowing teams out by the third quarter. And there were some games like that last year. I think the Steelers game is the one that comes most (laughs) to my mind. I think when there's so much change, I think there are going to be some rocky waters here. Mm. All right? And... It was rocky last year in the beginning of the year. Absolutely. And that was a roster that was already solidified and glued because they had been playing together for a long time. Except maybe the offensive line. Mm. Offensive line should be gelling this year, right? Trey Smith, we know he's legit. Uh, Creed Humphrey, definitely legit. Oh, yeah. But I want to see this chemistry. Don't forget between... my don't forget my boy Darian Kennard waiting in the wings whenever someone fucks up on that line. Probably Lucas Niang. Yep. Um, but I want to see this offense without Tyreek Hill. Mm. And what kind of respect are they going to put on Kelsey on the, from the defense perspective? And are the other guys going to pick up the slack? Nicole Hardman had problems with catches last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Valtis Scanling has to gel. Juju Smith-Schuster, we love the ability to go over the middle and be a punishing receiver. Sky Moore, I'm excited. Mm. And on the defensive side, hey, man, Honey Badger was a pretty good defender. Yep. At least he brought energy to that defense, some leadership. Can Frank Clark step up? We love Jones. Right? Yep. We love Chris Jones. Absolutely. He's a hell of a player. Yep. But there's a lot of change here. 
your corner group is still iffy. You know, I just want to see how they're going to gel. And I think it's going to be a rocky start. The division is tougher. So I see them regressing a little bit, boys. I oh, think yeah. this division might have just like three 10-win teams. Really? Yeah, wow. I can see it. Wow. So you're so you're saying like a legitimate regression from this team. Yeah, it's just going to be tougher. Wow. You're not going to beat up on Denver, right? I've seen some Denver games against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Denver played at a close. But the thing is they couldn't score. Mm. Now I think they can score. Now Patrick Mahomes is going to be on. Even on the bad games, he cannot just be bad the whole game and kind of have a miraculous fourth quarter. Yeah. This is going to be tough. I think uh, it's so funny. I'm seeing this team, honest to God, complete opposite as you, boss. Wow. Um, I, I, think, I think this team is going to have the most wins in the AFC this season. And what does that mean? 12? More. I'm saying I think that this wow. team could be significant. I think this team could be – I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think they could be significantly better from the team that they were last season. And the reason why I say this is because I think Andy Reid identified in the offseason, and it kind of showed with some of the signings that they didn't have a physical physical, you know, capability – or they didn't have a physical threat to their offense last season. Right, their okay. offense was all finesse last year, and I even heard it was so funny. I heard Andy Reid do an interview on Colin Cowherd, and, and Colin was asking him, you know, how's he going to deal with not being able to have Tyreek on the deep ball this year? He said, "Well, if you really look at it, we didn't have it this past season. You know, they yeah. teams their entire game plan for sixty minutes for seventeen straight games was how do we eliminate Tyreek Hill from beating us over the over the top? Yeah, that was the entire game plan, and." This year, I feel like the Chiefs are going to be allowed to just play a little bit more, not conventional, but I think, you know, a little bit more, you know, in my mind, ideally, I'm seeing, I'm envisioning what the Rodgers Packers were looking like these past couple years in the sense that an efficient offense, right? An offense that's not going to get to a lot of third downs, that's going to be able to spread the ball, but also get high volume from the guys that they know that they're going to want to put the ball in the hands up. To me, that's going to be Juju. That's going to be Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And then whichever one of those backs between Edwards, Alaire, and Ronald Jones kind of emerges as the number one back for this upcoming season. Because I just think they're going to run the ball a whole lot more than they did last year. So, and I don't want to get too off-focus here, boss. Are you predicting them to have more when the Buffalo Bills in a – Brutal division. Yeah, because I think the other thing is, is that this team, when you have, I thought last year that they weren't different enough, right? This was a team that had made the Super Bowl two years ago, or made the Super won the Super Bowl three years ago, made the Super Bowl two years ago, lost yep. that, and then kind of ended up bringing back majority of the same team, you know, the next year, and I think. One of the things is when you're putting together a team, you have to bring in something fresh. You have to bring in some new life. You have to bring in some new blood to kind of reinvigorate the key guys. That you know, I think Mahomes is going to be reinvigorated in a new way. I think Kelsey is going to be. And I think Andy Reid is going to go back to 
putting more of his handprints on that offense and really figuring out exactly what they need to do because he knows this season that it's not just going to be, all right, whatever, Mahomes, Pat, do your thing. Not that he I'm, – obviously I'm not saying he was taking the, taking the season off last year, but it's just the vincibility I think actually is going to be a positive for Kansas City because it will put a little chip on their shoulder for next year. Wow. It's going to be interesting because I, I do not agree with you. Yeah, I know. It, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. So we will see how this all, or how that uh, division kind of shakes out. Boss, we're going to take a break real quick. On the other side, we're going to continue right along with the AFC South. Welcome back, guys. As we said, we're pushing on to the AFC South now, going in reverse order of the standings. So starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, team that actually had a lot of offseason moves to make, so it's kind of smart that we start here. Added Brandon Sheriff, the guard from uh, Washington, on a three-year, $50 million deal. The one that shocked everyone, boss, Christian Kirk, a four-year, $72 million deal. Darius Williams, the corner from the Rams, I thought was one of the most fair deals they did, three for or three for thirty. Um, yep. And then they also signed the linebacker um, from Atlanta, Oleakun. Yes. For I forget what the numbers on that deal were. I don't have them down, but uh, it's like forty million. Yeah, I was gonna say sign like him that. to a pretty a, a pretty big contract, if I'm not mistaken. So. Uh, you know, just moves all over the place. Ended up losing DJ Chark, um, Miles Jack, Andrew Norwell. Also, they ended up getting Evan Ingram, who I think is going to be kind of a fun signing for them. Like, I I can see Ingram and Trevor Lawrence having some good chemistry and some good rapport, especially over the middle um, in the beginning of the season. But, boss, let's be honest. The, the highlight that happened for Jacksonville came in the draft when they selected Trayvon Walker first overall. Yeah. Um, I hated it, but oh well. They also traded back into the first round to get Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, 27th. Mm-hmm. Boss, I, I, I want you to go first because I just – like I thought this team had a real chance to do some good stuff this offseason and – they're just kind of leaving me like, huh, okay. Well, talk about eating your dessert first when you go from the AFC West to the AFC South. No kidding. Um, <laughs> but we have to, right? Hey, man, got to get through all four divisions. I didn't mind the free agency period. Mm. All right, boss? Okay. Uh, it, it lacked a little bit of direction, right? That was That was my biggest issue. Uh, to sign Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and let DJ Chark go for a $10 million deal. Yeah, for one year. Questionable. When he's probably a better receiver than both of those guys. Strong argument, and I would agree with you. Yep. You still lack a number one corner. Like, I'm sorry to Shaq Griffin, Right. I'm hoping Travis Etienne... Wait, do you think he's offended? He shouldn't be. Why, because he gets paid? Yeah, he knows he's not a number one corner. He just gets paid like one. Gotcha, (laughs) gotcha. Um, 
I didn't like Trayvon Walker. <laughs> Not that I don't like the player. I just mm. felt they could have gone multiple different directions here. I like Aiden Hutchinson here. Mm. Heck, I could have even gone for a tackle. Yeah. But they decided to pay Robinson. I guess they're rolling with uh with Jawan Taylor, maybe Walker Little in their right tackle position. Scherf is a nice guy that can solidify. When you have the number one is... pick, that's not that's not good enough, though. Like, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's just not good enough. I agree with you. I I don't know. Maybe I would make a bad GM, but sometimes when your team just needs a player, yeah. like go get yourself a football yeah, player. Like just get yourself a guaranteed. There are plenty of guarantees. I felt like that they could have taken. I felt like Hutchinson would have been a guarantee. I felt like Evan Neal would have been a guarantee. Yeah. Hell, I even feel like if you would have taken one of those corners, I feel like that's a guarantee. Obviously yeah. not first, probably more so trade back type of scenario. But my point is I felt like there were guarantees for them to get. And to let fucking, like, I mean, I don't know any Jaguars fans, thankfully. But if I Neither did, do I, which is I'm sure they'd probably be losing their mind because – how the fuck, if you're Shad Khan, are you letting Trent Baalke make the decisions when literally the only experience this dude has is he took what Jim Harbaugh did in San Francisco and took a shit on it and just pissed all over it and turned it into dog shit. And that's his entire that's his entire resume, and you're putting the entire faith of this dumbass number one pick into his hands and selecting Trayvon Walker, who, look, I'm not even mad at Trayvon Walker, obviously, because he didn't select yeah. himself. But I just think that there are going to be such high expectations for him that it's just going to kind of be hard for him. Now, the one thing I do like is mm. I think he's going to be able to play inside and out so that they'll be able to try him out at different spots, see what actually fits him. Because mm. you can see, you can envision him going one of two ways, right? Either kind of slimming his frame down a little bit and turning into a more of a pure edge type of guy. Or kind of staying at the weight he's at, maybe bulking up slightly and turning into a combo edge slash inside type of guy. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting to see which way he can go because the Jags defense really has no sense of direction outside of Josh Allen on one edge. So they can let Walker develop into whatever it is that he is meant to develop into with, you know, the type of defense that they have right now. So that's the one thing where I'm like, maybe holding out like a smidge of hope for him to have a good season and a so, good like career at least. I think we talked way too much about the Jaguars already. I'll give him five wins, boss. We only I, I like Trevor Lawrence. We only talked for six minutes about him. I'm not, I'm not Jesus. too mad at it. <laughs> um, I'll give him five wins, maybe six. Yeah, I, I can't see this team not being better than Houston next season, so I'm going to have to say five probably. Right, I mean, good coach. Peterson is a good coach. That's another thing. That's like, I, help I actually out. do like Peterson. Right, I think Peterson is an adult. I mean, there's no, there's no. I think he won a Super Bowl. He's definitely an adult who's going to be able to grow, help Lawrence grow a little bit. He's going to bring maturity and respect to the locker room, and like that shit actually matters, you know, yes. in the NFL. I, I'll admit, I underrated it fully for a long time, but then once you start following the game a little bit closer, it's like. That shit really does actually matter, knowing the guy who's leading you out on the field on Sunday has your back and is a true professional. So, if anything, that could be an extra win, maybe an extra win for the Lawrence development. I'm saying I'm saying significant improvement 
five plus wins for them next year. Uh, Houston, not as high, not as bullish on them. Added Steven oh. Nelson on a one-year, four million dollar deal. Marlon Mack, who I actually kind of like. the 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 best piece of business they did, I thought, was taking a flyer on Deshaun Hamilton from Denver, who I kind of thought was intriguing at certain points, um, even going back to his Penn State days. I think Houston right now is kind of in that flyer area of, do you remember the Brooklyn Nets maybe about six, seven years ago? Maybe eh, Not even, maybe about three years ago, three, four years ago, where they had I no... couldn't name anybody on their roster? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, exactly, where you couldn't name anyone, and they were just kind of acquiring guys and trying stuff. And, like, trying to figure out if there were pieces that they could build and mold for the future, you know, to keep on their team. I think that's what Houston's doing right now, right? Stingley, third pick in the draft. I didn't love it at the time. You know, I've cooled off on it a little bit. I think it's okay because I think he can be a true number one corner. And that helps you win games a lot of times in today's NFL. Kenyon Green, still can't see it. Um Kind of a higher higher floor type of guy, I guess. Going to be a guy who's going to come in and be a solid, probably guard for them. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know the pick I liked the most was John Mechie for them, a wide mm-hmm. receiver who they got at forty fourth, who is going to miss at least, or probably going to miss at least the start of the season with a torn ACL. But this is a long term play for them. The the Texans can take their time developing him. I'm gonna be. I'm excited that we're gonna to get to see year two of Davis Mills most likely. Um, yeah. And uh, but I am saying the same for this team. Thinking probably three, maybe four wins, the same as well. So uh, where are you going with Houston? Kind of the same. Four or five wins. I just don't see anything on defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What are we trying to see on defense? Um, is Derek Stingley legit, right? And because I think he can be. I think it's going to be so hard to tell year one with that because, like you said, just this defense is so bad overall that it's going to be tough to see if one guy can stand out from. Well, him. you don't want him to be Jeff Okuda, right? Oh no, definitely not. And, and if he can hold his own, right, and, and have a solid year, good. Um. I'm excited. I think the this is what bothers me about the Houston Texans. Hmm. Let me know. When we praised the Jaguars for hiring Doug Peterson, yeah. these clowns fired their coach who exceeded expectations, in my opinion, Same. last year. Yeah. And then they bring in Lovey Smith. So when you do that, it makes me feel like you don't give a damn about this season. Absolutely. Like, Lovey, go out there, make sure everybody dresses up, uh, everybody got the correct uniform on, uh, make sure the numbers are good. It's like a much um, it's like a much lower version of the Doug Peterson sign, or of hiring, right? Where it's like, ideally, you want to get a professional, but... No, it's way worse. But Well, no, I'm saying on, on the idea of it, but the problem is the execution is just ma- mishandled completely. I mean, it's just awful. Yeah, and I and I don't want to I don't want to uh, get I'll on bash on this organization. No, no, no. I'll bash the organization every day of the week. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to bash Lovey Smith too much because I feel like this was a a bullshit hire for for him. Well, he could have said no. Yeah, it's not like he needs any clout. 
It's not like no. he's trying to build clout yeah, so he could I... become a head coach in the NFL again. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. I think... We talked about this, the Illinois hire. God, he was awful. Yeah, I'm also just not going to get mad at any of these NBA or any of these coaching guys who have done it their whole life when they think that they can get the job done in the next gig just because, you know, that's what's gotten them to the level they're at. So I'm not going to knock Lovey for that, but because at the same time he knows this is probably his last chance that he's going to get to coach an NFL team. So he's probably saying, why the hell not? But this is my thing, right, boss? You're talking about maybe grab these younger guys, see what you have, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a coaching change, some of these guys are gone, right? Some of these guys that you even thought you had something are gone. New coach, new scheme, new system my own guys and then you just rebuilding all over again i get it maybe what houston is looking for is lining a bottle with mills mm. right and they're in this the perfect position to find out and if not then you get rid of smith you get rid of mills and, and then you kind of you start fresh yeah, I think they. I think part of the reason they drafted Mechie was to lay the groundwork for that Mechie Bryce Young connection next year. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're done talking about uh, Houston for now. We'll get to we'll get to the two professional teams in this division. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was mean. That was, hey, look, wow. I can't say anything. The Jaguars have made a title game more recently than the Cowboys. Okay, so I can't. I really can't say too much. Um, they have one more playoffs game to the Dolphins this whole century. How many playoff games have the Dolphins won this century? I think like one or two. Oh, man. Um, see, this is why we get along so well as friends, boss, because we just go through the same misery every year. <laughs> and And our friendship is living proof that it doesn't matter what type of market because – Somehow Dallas is quote unquote America's team, and Miami is literally the biggest city on the or one of the biggest cities in the South, but yet gets mm-hmm. no games at all and no recognition. Yeah, I mean Jaguars got a Monday night game. I think the Lions get a Monday night game. The Bears got a Monday night game. We didn't get a Monday night game. Yeah, that's tough. Shit, that's tough. We got back to back winning seasons. That's tough if the Bears have a Monday night game and you don't. That's tough. And you know what they told me? Somebody on Twitter? Oh, shit, I thought you meant the league had to explain this to you. Because no, you called no. them up. <laughs> I should. <laughs> but uh, tell me, what'd they say? At least you get a Christmas Day game. I'm like, yeah. You guys are playing on Christmas this year? Yeah, 1 o'clock if against the Packers. I told you. No. That's my Christmas present. We're going to win that game. Okay, We're going to win that game. <laughs> I'll be sure to get you a jersey just in case that that gift doesn't uh, pan out. That way you'll definitely have something that will on Christmas. Much appreciated. I'll make sure sure you definitely have something. Uh, Let's go ahead to Indianapolis, boss. Like we said, we're getting to the professional teams. Semi-pro. What they did last year, week 18, semi-pro. Hey, man, look. I thought about. At least it. I thought at about least it. I, can hope. I thought about it over the off season. Uh huh. I'm back defending Wentz. Oh stop! <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm just saying. Look, if you would have told me before, or if I would have told you before the season, and I know this is stupid because their numbers are 100 percent 
related to the context of how they're put together. Mm-hmm. But if I just would have laid out the numbers of what Wentz did last year and said, would you take this season? You'd have said, absolutely. Yeah, it was like 27-7, and seven, right? So, yeah, exactly. So, that being said, though, let, let's be real. 9-8 and eight this team was last year. Should have made the playoffs, no doubt about it. The last two weeks, you know, right, it was that Raiders game. Raiders, I think, came back, had to come back in that one. And then, of course, the Week 18 debacle to Jacksonville. Uh, they went out and added Matt Ryan, traded for him, a guy who I've been calling for getting traded shit basically since we started this podcast. Um, added Stefan Gilmore on a two-year $20 million deal. Added or traded for Yannick Ngakwe, um, an edge rusher from the Raiders. Boss, man, I like a lot of what this team did this season, and I could see them really being the favorites in this division. Where are you at with them? Yeah, I can see them as the favorites in this division, right? Because this division is a pretty bad division. Mm. Um, Matt Ryan well, we is just the called, best quarterback. We just in called division. two teams non-professional, so yeah, I would say bad is is accurate. Well, I hate to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. At least I can say that the Dolphins in the past two seasons, like when he came down to the game that would put them in the playoffs, uh-huh. at least they lost to good teams. <laughs> they didn't lose to the Jaguars, right? It was the Bills and the Titans on the road. Well, this game was on the road too, the Jacksonville game. But look, Matt Ryan is automatically the the best quarterback in this division. I, I really like Matt Ryan. Yeah. I, I, I think. I really hope he, he has a lot left to give. You know. I think we can see a Philip Rivers type of season when he had with the Colts. No, I want better. I need better than that. I think we can get better. Especially, can... especially if you traded a pick. You definitely need better than well, that. I don't think he's going to be skipping passes, right? <laughs> definitely not, yeah. Offensive line, still solid, right? Quentin Nelson is still there. We love Jonathan Taylor. Mm. You know I like Alec Pierce. I think he's going to be doing a lot of the dirty work on the inside. And you don't let me forget about it either. I'll tell you that. You definitely <laughs> don't let me forget about it. I love it. Desmond Ritter also missed him on a lot of passes in the championship game. Yeah. Uh, semifinal. Semifinal. Semifinals. I'm sorry. Stephon Gilmore, if he stays healthy, I think this is a solid pickup. Probably the best corner they've had in a long time. I was uh, surprised he only got a two-year deal. I'll be honest. I thought he played good for Carolina last year. Yeah, but he has the injuries concerns, too. Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm saying. I thought he was going to say, like, I don't care. I'm taking a three-year deal. Hey, man. But I guess if there's no market for it, then it's hard to say that. This organization has done a good job with the bargain shopping around. 100%. Um, 100%. Quiddy Payne, dude is a stud. Yes, had a Uh, a really good rookie year. Darius Leonard. Yeah, I had them as the, the division favorites last year. I have them as the division favorites again this year. I think this is a really good football team. Mm. But in the contest of their division, because if I have to stack the Colts up against the whole conference, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> I'm here on the premise that can, they can go 5-1 and one into their division. Yeah, I mean, I can too. And once you do that, you only need to win five more games and then you're in the playoffs. In that so, division, probably. In this division. Yeah, I still think the Colts are a move or two away too. Like, I can still see them because to me, they're still an appealing they're an appealing destination. I mean, not as far as the city or anything like that. But 
if you are looking to win a championship or something like that, this yeah. is a team who I feel like if you can give them one more move, they can easily. They've still got about fourteen million in workable cap for this upcoming season. So, if they were able to get probably probably you would think some type of playmaker. You know, I know they've been linked to Julio Jones, um, obviously because of the Matt Ryan connections. But uh, I I think that this team is is going to be really good, and I think that they're going to be really good defensively too. Right, I think yeah. that Ngakwe, if he's able to bring some life into him, because like I, I don't think, and I know I've talked about this with multiple teams, but I don't think we can underestimate the situation for a pass rusher. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is, what number pass rushing threat are you, right? Because Yannick Ngakwe is going from a situation where it was literally just him and Max Crosby, to now he's got. Pay and Buckner, which I know is only one more guy, but when you have that's a, a lot. When you have an inside and an outside guy, and then you're the second outside guy, I feel like that frees up a lot of one-on-one opportunities for you. And I think Ngakwe still has the talent, the athleticism, and the ability to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going. This is a team that was what nine and eight last year. I'm saying much better because I think this can be an 11, 11 win team. I won't go that far. Ooh. I say 10. Okay. Because they're going to struggle outside of the division, in my opinion. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't. They can definitely struggle within or outside of the division because the conference is so good. But I think that division is going to be very helpful for them, especially because I think this next team we're talking about, the Tennessee Titans, will regress this upcoming year. Um. They... Why? What is the thing that's going to regress so much that's going to affect their record? Well, to me, it's just that Traylon Burks isn't going to be able to add that A.J. Brown stuff. And that's unfair to say, even though – but the thing is they drafted him to do that. So they're going to yep. need him to if they want to maintain their contender type of status. And Robert Woods, well, I think he's a good addition. I don't think Woods is going to be the type that can fill a role like that just because of the physical limitations that he has. Right. So, and, you know, right, we're back to... Now, the the thing that I like about Tennessee is, and they showed it last year, Vrabel and that team, one of the most mentally toughest teams in the whole NFL, mm-hmm. right? And that part I, I, I liked a lot. Kind of folded when it came to the playoff time, though, which was very disappointing. But They uh, don't have a franchise quarterback, a legitimate game-changing franchise quarterback. Yeah, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bump to you with this. What like give me what you're expecting kind of this season to play out between Tannehill, Willis. Obviously, we heard you know uh, Tannehill his original comments about you know saying he's not here to mentor him or whatever. I think people got on his ass a little too much about that. I felt like those comments were fair, more than fair. Um, but what about you, boss? What are you thinking, boss? When my company hires new somebody new, right? Mm-hmm. It's not my freaking job to babysit them. Definitely not. I can be a good coworker, mm. right? We can talk. You we are can a good talk coworker, about work. by the way. I appreciate that, boss. Okay. But you know, I'm not there to tell the guy, especially since I don't have any plans to leave, how to replace me, right? Exactly. You can come out there and do it on your own. I can tell you some things, but I'm not gonna. Think you're like 
get this, this mentality, you're going to supplant me, right? These guys are professional athletes. It's a competition to be out there in that field, man. Um, I see a regression for them. I really think that the Colts and the Titans are going to be one game apart from each other, or if not, the same record. Don't be surprised if the winner of this division is 9-8. and eight. Right, I just don't be. see the the sustainability of having this run first offense mm. be so successful. Yep. And if you take a guy like AJ Brown out and Derrick Henry literally becomes your only reliable option yeah. with a disseminated offensive line, mm. then you have some issues. Hell of a word, by the way, disseminated. I didn't think I didn't use it properly. No, decimated. Decimated. Uh, decimated. It's decimated. Decimated. Yeah. I would have liked uh, disseminated too. Honestly, I thought it would have. Uh, <laughs> genuinely, I wouldn't even try to be funny there. <laughs> I appreciate it, boss. No, doubt. I really do. The defense always solid. Like you said, Mike Vabro bring this physicality, this mental toughness, Get- this scrappiness to this team. But there's no finesse, and every now and then. Well, not every now and then, especially in the playoffs, you need some finesse. You need some firepower. Absolutely. And I think the thing for me is, I think that their defense is, you know, while you said it's always been solid, I agree, but I just don't think it's like, it's not that defense quite what we're looking at for a team. It's not special. Yeah, it's not special. And when you don't have an offense that's going to light the world on fire, to be a contender, we need you to have at least a special or close to special defense, which yes. is why Tennessee's always been a confusing team to evaluate, right? Because it's like they're just good enough in every category, um, with the exception of the run offense, which, of course, they're, you know, probably one of the best in the league at. Um, and they were even able to do that without Henry, so I give him credit for that. Jonathan Simmons. I love I love to watch I'm sorry not Jonathan Jeffrey Simmons Jeffrey. I love to watch him play man like that dude is I was so happy to see him take the leap that he took last season and become that consistent I mean he's right there to me now in that Chris Jones Cameron Hayward you know those top top yep. top interior guys he's right there in that first tier I mean Aaron Donald of course he goes without saying but you know he's kind of in a class by himself Correct. So, um, overachievers overall. Yeah, and I think this is a team that's really propelled by coaching and the division. It, it helps. Like, think about it: the Colts and the Titans—they just beat up on the Jags and, and the and the Texans. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You have two teams that you haven't had to worry about for at least the last two years. So I don't know. I, I think. Maybe if Jacksonville is able to come up a little bit, maybe make one of those games a little bit harder, maybe yeah. maybe we can start to see, you know, and like we said, maybe we'll see the Colts progress as well. You'll Question. Start, yeah, talk oh. to me. Does Tannehill finish the season as a starter? I think he does. I was trying to get – I was trying to ask you that earlier, but you kind of <laughs> dodged it, deflected it. Um, do I think he finishes the season as a starter? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Because they're going to be – Right up into it, right into that playoff race. I think so. Unless something happens where they do end up getting eliminated, then I could see them. Then I think it'll get interesting. 
to see if they would end up turning to Malik Willis. Because, like, you know, for as much as everyone wants to make it a big deal, let's be real. When you draft a quarterback in the fourth round, that does not mean that you are changing your franchise to fit him. Okay? Like, that's not... They, they they drafted Willis, and there's still a very decent chance that they could end up having Tannehill as their quarterback for the next couple of years. Or Boss. some guy that just isn't Malik Willis. So I don't think that because they got him, now all of a sudden it's the end of the world or the end of you know Tannehill's time. But I, I do think at some point they'll get impatient and Willis will get a chance because of what we talked about earlier about the firepower that they're lacking offensively. Two things. Yeah. Hopefully I remember the second one. Okay. That's usually good. But the, but the first one is after the Minnesota Vikings extended Kirk Cousins, I think anything is possible. <laughs> Which I told you was going to happen. Yeah, you did. Yes, that's another <laughs> another feather in your cap. <laughs> I would, I was just, I was... People out there, Chad is the real deal. Nah, stop. Y'all stop. just don't know him. Stop. He's the real deal. Stop. I just... All right. That Cousins extension still is shaking me, too. And the number two thing, if you don't talk about Malik Willis, there's nothing positive in the offseason for the Tennessee Titans. They're the team Mm. were considered to have fumbled the whole A.J. Brown thing, where you made a ridiculous $60 million per year offer when he was willing to take, like, 22. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. He wasn't even asking for, like, crippling money. No. Like, what he was asking for, I felt like... And he said, I'm giving them a hometown discount. Just not $60 million. Yeah. I mean, when I look at it, when you look at the receivers that are up, I would say he's the best one of that whole group. And for him to take a discount like that, I, I don't know, man. I... I find it insane that he's not in Tennessee anymore. Well, from I a, just from hope a that, Tennessee perspective, I just hope Trillin Burks has some really thick skin, because if he doesn't work out or it, it it starts rough, which can for a rookie, I hope he's just mentally tough and he can just like go through this stuff. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, look, I know we talked about before this about how training camp and all this stuff literally doesn't mean shit, but he looked like shit on that first video of workouts that I'm sure you probably saw where he was literally going through two reps and then was basically leaned over or keeled over like he couldn't even breathe. So I don't think that's going to be getting done. Um, but at the same time... And that's the thing. That stuff piles up. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I'm not going to overreact for the same reason Correct. You know that I didn't overreact on the Jamar Chase stuff last year. So... Um, I like, I hope it works out for Burks, but you know, like we said, when we kind of did our draft review, I think he has a chance to be one of the most disappointing rookies because they're going asking him to fill such huge shoes this season. So I'm saying, I'm saying slightly worse for Tennessee. All right. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm saying, I'm you. sorry, significantly worse for Tennessee. They were a 12 win team last year. I'm saying 10 at least, yeah. maybe nine. You right there as well? or Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, that'll conclude this episode. Next week, we're going to be back. We're going to be reviewing the rest of the AFC. After that, we're going to be going on a short little break, but you know we'll be back when it's, when it's time for the season. Until then, we'll see you next time. Ciao.